Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. That guy who dropped the ball is the reason the Kardashians are famous. Kardashians because famous. So he drops the ball. Bills draft OJ. OJ comes to Buffalo, meets his wife. Anyway, Rob Kardashian hired to represent OJ, therefore bringing him into the limelight and subsequently his uh, reality star family. Rando. We have this trust built uh, on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. And Pat. Because, I mean, 200 pounds of muscle is like, that's something you have to work towards, man. It's like... You know, I'm 190 pounds, and I look like Tony Gwynn, not like, you know what I mean, Devin Singletary, so. (laughs) All right, well, that was John's voice on our pre-recorded intro. Uh, Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. If you may or may not notice, my voice is not John's voice. This is is history in a sad way. Um, I'm here with Pat and myself, Brando. No John. Pat, it's nice to see you. How's it going? Uh, not too bad, Brando. I, I really enjoyed that intro you had going right there. Um, <laughs> how's uh, everything going? I hear you've been out on the links a little bit. You know, yeah, I got a, new job, got a new job at a golf course. So uh, cleaning some cards, starting some folks off on the right course and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, it, it's been all right, but it's it's not Alaska where Johnny is right now either. And uh, it's not Rochester and it's not training camp. Like where else would you rather be than right here right now? <laughs> As uh, Rage Against the Machine says in your quote yeah. there. Uh, but not too bad. Did you? Uh, how's your pier walks going? I've been thinking about you because yeah, no, today was, was like a perfect day for it. I was definitely at the at the pier yesterday and today. I was, it was a little scary yesterday, though. I had a friend with his dog and he, he tried to jump in the water off oh, there about a quarter wow. mile out. But, you know, it's That's exciting. a little scary. What kind of dog? <laughs> uh, it's like a big one, like a Malamute Husky. Okay. Like from, okay. He like lived in like a whatever uh, Native American village in like northern alaska and like got like a real like alaskan like balto sled dog but that's cool yeah cool. speaking of sled dogs man are you excited to see speaking of sled dogs, dogs what a these transition dogs, man <laughs> these dogs hit, these dogs hit sleds at uh, buffalo bills training camp on wednesday yes we will be there it's gonna be fun shout out okay so we just have to say right bills mafia is always generous in their donations throughout history right we've seen it and shout out to one of our listeners donating tickets to me and pat so we could attend we were worried that we wouldn't be able to go so thank you to our our friend that gave them to us but i'm very much excited to come out to rochester maybe i'll be able to see your place or something i don't know what your schedule is on so we haven't totally coordinated yet but we're gonna we'll figure it out um and, and record an episode together and uh watch some skills happening here and uh it's been really cool to see that it's there for the first time in three years. What's it been like in Rochester? Is there a little bit of a buzz? There's definitely a little bit of a buzz. Um, it's crazy because y- you don't realize how close 
it is to you, number one. And number two, it's like when I drive by St. John Fisher College, like, you know, I, I guess when I think of the Buffalo Bills, I always think like during the season of like, you know, super luxurious houses that they're going to and stuff. And then I'm like, I drive by the doors. I'm like, holy crap, like the Buffalo Bills, like dudes that make like $43 million a year are staying in this, <laughs> in this sweet style room and watching, you know, Netflix with their roommates in the common area, just like they're a, a freshman at St. John Fisher College. So, right. You know. It's uh, <laughs> funny because like you, they're probably pushing beds together. Like they're probably pushing twin beds together. I know Sal Capaccio famously says it every time on WGR when he stays and um, Jeremy White there, all these producers are staying there. Howard said he drove in at 4am this morning to from Buffalo to Rochester to get the morning show. But um, obviously he's a little older than us. And um, you know, maybe being in a college like atmosphere when you're 60, something is different than if you're, you know, 24 year old Josh Allen or whatever he is, but it's cool. They bring the TVs, they eat in the cafeterias. They, they become really close here. Um, and they're just like us. Like we were, you know, they're just, uh, the average folk right now. And, um, it's funny cause I mean, you did it. I did it. We did two a days and, and these practices are only a couple hours long. Uh, it's, and people would say maybe it's not like what it used to be, but it's hot out yes. right now in July in Rochester. We've had a stretch of weather here. Um, where it's it's been mid to upper 80s, high 70s, sunshine, um, just prime summer weather. And that's like training camp weather perfectly. So, I mean, it's a little different out there, but you are. I know you said you've been outside a lot, but it's hot. You get sunburned real easily. Um, so these uh, these guys are working, right? This is the start of the year. The, the tenders, as you would say, Pat, are in the oven. They're cooking for your meal, which comes on, uh, you know, yeah. the season opener against the Rams. So... I'm, I'm very excited for that meal. Definitely. Um, I think it'll be cool. Maybe we'll get to see a little, uh, seasoning sprinkled on it on Wednesday. Um, is there anything in particular that you're excited to see at camp? You know, I, I have like a couple points, but I want to hear what you have because you always have some good perspective on stuff that, you know, um, I'm, I might not think of, or, well, you know, <laughs> a couple things Michelle. leading up to that, like, uh, did you see the Saffold injury? Yeah, um, got a car accident, got in a car right? accident, which is sad. That's scary. It could happen to literally anybody. Like Josh could get in one, Saffold could yeah. get in one, Diggs could get in one. Like anybody, uh, you could get in one, I could get in one. So it's always risky, you know, wear your seatbelts, be safe. Um, and then uh, because of that, the Bills ended up signing Jordan Simmons, who was a, a guard. Uh, he went undrafted, but this guy's massive. He's 6'4", 339, and he recently played with Seattle and Las Vegas. But as you remember, if... Uh, we recall Seattle had a putrid offensive line. So I'm hoping that he's not like a huge problem with that. Um, that's just worth noting. And then uh, Jordan Poyer shows up to camp with his agent, Drew Rosenthal. Um, so maybe something's in the work there. But uh, outside of all those big major headlines, I thought it was interesting. Um, I want to see more of Elam versus Diggs. I want to yes. see some one-on-one -on -one drills right there because I think Diggs would smoke anybody. And I think Elam's like, holy shit like this guy's good scary good and um and then i want to see they talked about it singletary's been getting most of the reps so far like we've been through two practices as it's recording late night and abp after dark at 11 30 p.m after on, dark yes on a tuesday night so i'm curious to see how he handles the load and what kind of plays cook's gonna get involved in because they said sal capaccio reported on today that he's been lining up at receiver and at running back um, and I want to see how they're going to use him. And uh, finally, my third bullet point is McKenzie right now looks like to be slotted in as the starting slot receiver over Jamison Crowder based on their reps um, over the first couple of days. And uh, 
I would like to see what he does throughout a whole practice. Like, how does he look individually? Like, you just you follow a few players, um, and what does his practice routine look like? I like to see because you know he he brings a lot of buzz to the game. So, but uh, what about you, Pat? Did I steal any of yours, or do you have anything well, else? Well, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what's going to be going on um, in the backfield. And like you said, I mean, I know James Cook was taking reps primarily with the second team, um, and he did, I believe, it would have been on Friday. Um, did have you know a decent practice catching some I believe teeters what a, what a teeter means and you know training camp practices is another thing but um, you well know, that's I mean, also funny because like if you just catch a ball and have a little bit of a lane no one's really trying to tackle you yeah. do you really want to run it to the end zone do you want to be that guy like take up that extra 12 seconds of practice time and, and run out the play or just say okay I caught it give the ball back let's go yeah, I often think about that too. And then it's like, I mean, I guess unless you're like really trying to make the squad, because if you're like already set in stone, like if Dawson Knox is just like, you know, whatever, he catches a slant and goes like 10 yards and someone puts a hand on him. Like if he just like full on sprints, he could like destroy his knee and like cost himself like millions of dollars going into a contract here. So yeah. I don't know. But looking in that wide receiver room, I'm really interested to see how that kind of, you know, pans out with number four and number five, because like we talked about previously on the show, um, it, it doesn't really seem likely that, you know, they would have any more than six and probably, you know, definitely could go with five driver seaters on, on game day. So it'll be cool to see um, with, with Shakir, what's his name? Khalil Shakir. Just yeah. to see, you know, they said I, that I, he's been playing real, real well the last couple of days of practice. Um, yeah. When I was listening to WGR today, he was a big talking point. So I have a question for you here. Um, yeah. Would you be scared or excited to see Trey White out there taking some player v player reps? Uh, probably a little scared because I still think he's a little early. I don't think Trey is going to do anything that he is not capable of doing. You know, he seems the guy that he's a he's a smart guy in school. He's a smart player on the field and he's a smart human being and he's a quality human being. So I don't think he's going to put himself in a position to fail or get hurt. And they said today that right now the final part of your your rehab with that is to balance the the muscles right a little anatomy action here so if you tear your acl and you don't use your leg for three months right or whatever six months those all of those muscles around your knee are all just atrophied so they're just smaller and your left knee you know it's kind of like a duck with a broken leg swimming in circles in a pond and you gotta so he had a parachute taped to his right leg and he's running Trying really? to strengthen that one individual leg. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When you hurt your shoulder, Pat, and you're doing rehab for your shoulder, it's kind of the same thing. Like your your yeah. left shoulder might be stronger than your right shoulder, so you have to use different weights to really balance your body. And uh, that causes a lot of pain in people. If you ever have in, like back pain, it's a lot about muscle and balance. Um, so I hope that he can get everything tweaked out because that's the end of the process. You just have to get your strengthening and conditioning back and then you can get out there and take some drills. So I think it's good for Elam right now, honestly, to to take the one reps and Dane Jackson. They're both getting starting yeah. reps. Like Trey doesn't need it. He knows what to do. Um, what do you think about sure. that? You think those are good for them? It's It's good anytime anyone can take first team reps. And that's just an interesting perspective because I guess I wasn't really, I was thinking more so just like him being like, all right, well, I got to wait until, you know, the doctor says the time frame has elapsed. But then like you said, I mean, there's so many other factors that go into it because like, I guess just keeping that ratio of uninjured limb to injured limb is really interesting. Um, speaking of, you know, players taking first team reps, um, I'm pretty interested to see what Terrell Bernard can bring to the table as well. He's really been filling in. He's the linebacker, right? Yeah, I believe he's at a Baylor. The third um, round pick that we took. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, he's been playing a lot in AJ Klein's spot, which is interesting. With two different types of players for sure. Um, Bernard's a little bit lighter and a little bit quicker, but I'm excited. Um, there's one player we haven't mentioned that perhaps I am most excited to see. Um, I'm talking about Mr. Punk God, Mr. Matariza. I think that'll be cool to see Punk him. God, da, 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 da. <laughs> do, 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 do. We can't see him. He's just out there. But can't see me. The ball's flying 65 yards. That'll be interesting though. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these guys that are like YouTube sensations, like perhaps they're underwhelming, but I don't know. I mean, if you punt in the NFL, I'm sure you can kick the ball very far and very accurately. So I'm excited to see it. That's interesting. So I have another thing uh, that I read today that the bills average starting field position was a 32 yard line. And that was first in the NFL and their defense. So on offense, they scored on 48% of their drives. So almost half they're getting, they're getting points. The defense, guess how many, guess what their percentage was that the defense allows points on their drives. Uh, I don't know, 25%, 28%. Nice job. Yeah. Nice job. Um, and I think that number is going to go down because of punk God. I think he'll yeah. be able to help with that. The few times like the, even if it gets down to 25, 24%, just a few more percent from that, those extra booming punts, yeah, uh, it could make a big difference. Absolutely. You never know an extra yard, you know, might be the difference between a, I don't know, converted first down a three and out or a pick six or something like you said. I mean, you never yeah. know. So I'm excited to see how that goes. I mean, I, I guess that's something that I'll be interested to see as well. I mean, when I was at that playoff game, that was the first real taste I got of someone that could like really boot a football. Yeah. So I, I, I'm excited to see that just, you know, I mean, we had a kid from our high school that um, was a division one punter, um, you know, do you remember Whether, watching his practices though? That's the other part about this. I mean, me and John kind of know because we did this like during warmups, like our warmups, we would spend time kicking like as kickers. And it's always fun. Like when you do fun stuff, you get you work with the returners. They have to work on their catching. You got a you got a relay person who's throwing the ball to you and you got to work on your kicks. But our kicker spent hours extra and like it takes so much time to hone your craft. So I'm curious to see what they do during like team drills or individual workout drills. You know? True. True. I mean, cause like you were saying reps equals success. Like you're, you know what I mean? Life is basically Pokemon in that sense, but, um, <laughs> like, gotta I, catch them all. You gotta catch them all. You gotta level them up. They're all at different gyms. Um, <laughs> that's what my friend was explaining, teaching elementary school as yeah. training Pokemon. But, oh, that's um, <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. I've never thought of that. Yeah. That's so good. But, wow. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, like you said, what they do during practice, because I've never really been able to get up and, you know, see that. Um, yeah. I'm also interested, interested to see who will have an opportunity to interact with. I mean, what do you think, how do you think you would react if you ran into the big fella? I was telling my boss, Yo. if I ran into Josh Allen, he'd probably be so nice. And I would just be like a girl, like in front of like Paul McCartney, just like fainting or like crying. Like, I just, Kill Brandon, you Sorry, fall. I just fell out of my chair, bro. Yeah, I want to, I want <laughs> I was trying to grab this. So I have this canvas. You just asked me, I'm going to bring this because this picture of Josh flexing when he scores a touchdown against the dolphins. Yeah. If I see him, I want him to sign right here. I think that would be the, this would be the greatest thing that I ever own. If he signs this, it's Josh Allen flexing into the camera. The refs are raising his hands. The dolphins are there. It's a home game. Um, yeah, at home game, both of us were at. Yeah, we were there, and uh, I think hanging this in my house. But there's a perfect spot for his signature. You yeah. know, like he could just sign right in there. Uh, all right, I'm gonna put this back without falling on the chair this time. 
No, that would be amazing. That would, I mean, that's like mantle over the fireplace. Like you're putting your kids' senior pictures in the, you know, on the other side of the room, you're just like, yo, I'm putting those in the corner, but you know, that's the centerpiece of the house for your entire life. Like, you know, like that goes next to the Josh Jersey, right? Like, yeah. Do you have a Josh Jersey up on the wall? Yeah. It's in a frame and it's signed too. So I, I want that. You have a signed Josh Jersey? Yeah. It's, I got a frame on eBay and it's so, chilling. So when you took that picture with Josh way back in the day and, um, just for our listeners out there, I do remember, um, being about a junior in high school and Brandon sending me a picture. And at first I was like, who's this kid with a, a swoosh haircut? It looks like he's literally 19 years old, but, um, it was Josh Allen. And how did you, uh, how did you feel about that first interaction? I don't know if you've ever, there it is. Iconic yeah. photo. Here's that's a- funny because that's right after his first training camp. This photo was August 10th, 2018. And, um, the preseason game, he was very friendly, but it's crazy. He looks like a whole different human. Like he yeah. looks like a completely different person. I mean, so do I. But, but, but can you can you give us a little breakdown of that combo um, for our listeners out there? Yeah, it was really funny. So I walk up to him, and he was with his family, and he was signing autographs and stuff. And his brother is also a very large person. So I walk up, I'm like, "Hey, Josh, like, good practice, good practice. Can I get a, can I get a quick photo real quick? Because everyone's taking photos." He's like, "Oh, I'm not Josh. That's Josh over there." And he points to his brother right next to him. And like his whole family laughed and he's like, ah, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. I, I, yeah. Wait, come take a what? Picture. No, yeah. no, dude, yeah. that's hilarious. It was really funny. And he's like, I'm just kidding, man. I, yeah, of course I'm taking a photo with you. And, uh, he like, you know, he, they, 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 it's so funny. Cause he's literally just giving me a thumbs up. Like, it's just like, I, maybe I'll have to have John post this, but we're both doing thumbs up. He's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do in the photo? And I was like, let's just do thumbs up. So Josh is giving me a smiley face with a thumbs up and. But it's stuff like that. Like he's a freaking star and he takes the time. Like he signed a baby yesterday. He signed a baby. Like he was Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Like that's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. So this this is going to be exciting. So um, I am curious to see how that's going to work. Is there anyone in particular you would like to meet? Maybe a a dark horse that you wouldn't normally think that, you know, a fan might want to. Uh, Trey, Trey White. I'd like to see Trey. I like Trey a lot. Um, I've met him a couple of times and he's just been so nice every single time. Um, same with Tremaine Edmonds. Um, really? You met Tremaine? Yeah. yeah, yeah I would bunch. be scared to like look at Tremaine Edmonds though. He's so large. Like I would yeah. be, I feel like that's what would scare me about Josh too. Is it's just, it's just too so very big. Dude, Tremaine Edmonds, the first time I saw him, I was like, holy cow. Cause that was the same. Tremaine came out right before Josh in that photo. Like I have one with Tremaine as well, somewhere in the camera roll, but I have the Josh one favorite. So I know where it is. But, um, yeah. And just seeing like Tim settle, I want to yeah, see how big he yeah. is going to be like, that'll be cool. And everybody says he's super nice. I've heard he's a mountain of a man, but what about you? Who do you want to, who would you like to see besides I mean, the big man? I'd love to see the big man. I'd love to see Stefan Diggs. I'd love to talk to him. Um, word on the street is he did just purchase a property, um, in Orleans slash Niagara County, not at liberty to say where, um, on the air, but I would like to, uh, it's very close to where, I go fishing. So if I see him, I would like to, uh, maybe give him my work business card and say, Hey, give me a ring. We'll go catch some fish. I think that could Dude, be, could you imagine if we could get digs out on the water? Like, yeah, no, I've, I've heard he likes to, uh, partake. So that'd cool. be cool. cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. Stefan Diggs, would, I would be intimidated by how cool he is though. Like if we're talking like realistically, like a guy I could talk to, like probably Micah Hyde, I feel like would be pretty cool. He's a nice like, guy. Yeah. Jordan Poyer would be like, I wouldn't know what to say either. He'd be like, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. You want a photo? Let me hype you up, Pat. And I'd be like, ah, Jordan, I really can't. Not today. Like, I wasn't feeling it coming out of bed. But um, it's early, man. It's like 11. I I feel like Dawson Knox could be cool. Um, Yeah. Definitely Trey White, though. Like you said, I've I've heard he's he's quite the character. And if he's just if he's just biking around, he's going to be bored. He's going to want to talk to some regular guys like you and me. Yeah, hopefully. That'd be cool. 
Have you ever had a conversation with Sean McDermott? Uh, so many. Yeah, I, I had his no, son. No, don't say this, Brandon. Yeah, I had his wife. Yeah, man, I played. His son was my three on, or no, not three on three. Um, his son, we did a two on two basketball tournament, and it was me and uh, me and his son uh, when he was at, at school. Um, and we played together, and you know, he came in and picked him up and dropped him off, and so was his wife. Like I said, they're such great people, man. Like. I, I couldn't believe it that he was in the office. Like he's standing in front of me. Like, oh, so, so there's coach. been debate. Um, there's no listed height for Sean McDermott on the internet. It varies a lot. And I forgot we did talk about this for our, our listeners out there. What would you guesstimate that Sean McDermott's height is sitting at? Oh, I'm going to Google it again. Wiki doesn't. Have yeah. It. it says like five eleven, but it's like, there's no way. so many achievements and titles and college stuff, but he's 48 years old, but no, no height. Why is the height no. not listed? You know what? If I ever make it to any sort of high profile, <laughs> high profile position, my height will not be listed either. It says six, four on here, but that's like, I'm like, there's no way he was not six, four. When you I don't him, think he? he was six, four when I met him. I feel like he's little though. He was, was he your size? Did you, did no, you have to he's look up? Definitely bigger than me. He's built like he's built. Yeah. You'd say maybe around six foot. So maybe like the five eleven. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's I don't know. We're going to find out. Let's find out. Yeah. yeah. But, That'll well, be cool. I'm excited. It, we're going to be there. It'll be fun. But um, when uh, there's been a, a couple other things happening around the league, Pat, that I want to get your opinion on. And I also have a quick trivia for you, but we have to take a quick break and they'll be right back on the other side. So stick with us and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder, wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Pat, so I have a question for you, right? I wanted your opinion on this. Yes. Uh, Kyler Murray's contract, right? What is it? Five years, $230 million. It's like 46 million. 46 a year it comes out to be. Um, A lot of money, right? He's a good quarterback. Good quarterbacks you have to pay. So this is what he said. There's been the discussion about film. I don't know if you saw this today at all. About the contract that he signed that is written in the agreement Kyler Murray's 230 and a half million dollar contract there's an addendum in the contract in the writing that requires four hours of independent study per game week 
is what it's called. And in this Ian Rappaport tweet, the font is so small, it's legit jargon from the contract that says player agrees to satisfy the following off field requirements. Players shall complete at least four hours of independent study as defined below each week, excluding any bye week during the playing season, uh, during the term of the contract. Independent study means player studies the material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game, including without limitation, any such material provided via an iPad or other electronic device. Time spent in mandatory meetings does not count towards independent study time. Player shall receive no credit for independent study during any period in which the player does not personally study the provided materials in good faith. For the avoidance of doubt, players shall not receive any credit for independent study with respect to periods of time which any material is not displayed from an iPad or other electronic device. If a person is... If a player is not personally studying or watching material, the player is engaged in other activity that is distracting his attention. For for example, in the contract, it's in the gosh darn contract that if he is watching television, playing video games or browsing the Internet while such material is being displayed. How is this man's teammates not just beat him up? Now I understand why. It's in the freaking contract that says he can't watch TV and like. Okay, so that's insane. That that's Wait, in a any other job. Million. Could you imagine, Brandon, if they had to put that in your contract, Brandon? You can't be if you don't lesson. You have to lesson plan, and you can't watch TV at work. Like, like <laughs> oh, what, no. What, oh no! It's yeah. like oh my god, Kyler, you actually have to do a job. Like you yeah. think you think any of us, uh, you know, any of us can just be like? I, I mean, that's a terrible work attitude. Kyler, Dude, and then look at this. I have another quote. Sorry, for I didn't even let you finish. No, that, that was just about it. But that's what it says on there. He cannot watch television. Browse the internet or watch or play video games so this is 46 million dollar man you know this is what kyler murray said about watching film ready quote i think i was blessed with the cognitive skill to just go out there and just see it before it happens murray says i'm not one of those guys that is going to sit there and kill myself watching film I don't sit there for 24 hours and break down this team and that team and watch every game because in my head, I see so much End quote. Well, you know what? In the psychology world, um, part of development is understanding of the world around you. You got that frontal lobe. And yes. sometimes when a frontal lobe is stunted, that means that you have emotional immaturity, emotional growth that has not occurred. You have a situation, what's called personal fable, where you believe that all your strengths and all your experiences of trauma experiences of victory are that much more intense than everyone else. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that's his prerogative. I mean, obviously it's got him to the point where he can make $46 million. So I'm not going to sit here and say it didn't work, but like at the same time, I really don't know who would want to be this man's teammate. He sounds like the worst dude, like to have to go to work with ever. Could you imagine? Could you imagine, Brandon? You're just like, I don't have to lesson plan because, like, you know what? I don't even. New York State standards just come naturally to me. I just get up there and like the the the, the education just comes out of me. Like it's just what I was born to do. And like, I don't lesson plan. Do I think you think I discipline the kids? No, nah, I don't even. I just let them do whatever because I'm just the greatest teacher of all time, dog. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I just. I don't That's know. so funny. And I this is how I kind of look at it. as a teacher spin on it. It's like you get guys that study really hard. And I think you, John and I might portray this a little bit here because like, 
John was our valedictorian in my class in high school and John studied hard. He worked hard to get to where he had to be. Right. And then you got a guy like me who like put a little bit of time in, not enough, but like if I were to sign a contract, they would have probably had to put he needs to do his homework. Like he needs four hours of supervision time to do his homework. Like that's what someone's going to say about me. But it's like somebody like you, you, you study and it kind of comes naturally. So you kind of fit the difference. Whereas like somebody like if I'm being lazy or whatever, but you could still kind of show up and, yeah. and pass the test without putting the time in. But you're right. getting 80s. You're not getting hundreds like you're not the valedictorian, um, but you can still kind of show up. But it hurts you because. And this is what is interesting with Kyler Murray. And I think it's so evident because he falls apart in the second half of these seasons, but I can show up in September, October, November, December, and, you know, BS an English paper and math does yeah, not, is not until you actually have to read the great Gatsby. Yeah. Until it's like <laughs> starts to build. Right. And it starts yeah. to get cumulative. And now my midterm is everything that I've barely looked at and I don't remember it all. And my final is all this information that I just glossed over. And as each game comes along, Kyler Murray might live moment to moment thinking that he knows what's going to happen. But like as that student at the end of the season might get a 60 on the final exam, but still pass the class with an 80, because he still did well in little individual moments, but you're still not being the best that you can be. You know what I mean? Like I thought um, that was a I student agree. type of, of example there. And I just thought it was hilarious. I just think that it's, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And like you said, I mean, if you had potential to be better, why would you not mm-hmm. want to be better? And I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not someone that sits here and says that like, you know, you shouldn't have work life balance too, because I mean, with any job, you know, you're not going to be that good at your job if you spend, I mean, that's not to play devil's advocate. And I think that if you make $46 million a year, you should work 23 hours a day because that's a disgusting <laughs> amount of money. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess like I do understand partially where he's coming from, but also it only gets you so far. Like, you know what I mean? Do you ever want to win in December? Like, do you ever want to win a game in December? Yeah, well, just anything, man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You can only, you can only, like you said, you can only BS a class for so long. You can only take notes and not look at them for so long. Yeah, like, it catches up. Whether it catches up to you halfway through the school year in your final exam or later on in life when you're like a freaking nurse and you don't remember the muscle that this name is yeah. or, or, you know what I mean? Like practical setting. And like you said, I mean, you know, and I, I think that it's, it's to be said that everything in life, everyone has their own path. And, you know, people move at different places. And as long as you have a general consensus that you want to better yourself, that you'll be successful. But like at the same time, you know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and say I'm like the hardest working dude of all time. You know what I mean? Like both of us, all of us have multiple jobs. It's not like, you know what I mean? We, yeah. we just sit and are complacent or anything. But at the same time, if you're a leader of an organization, if you're a leader of, you know, 100 plus guys, you know, whether it's trainers, practice squad players, you know, um, yeah. it, you would think that you would want to set a precedence of saying, I will put everything I have into this job, whether you're looking at admissions applications or you're teaching kindergarten, like if you're the person that makes the most on the team, you would think that you would put the most into your job. So, I mean, hopefully there's someone else there that can set that precedence and maybe we're just old school and maybe in today's work environment, they found that you know, not putting in as much time. It, It just, it just irks me because you think of like old school guys, like Peyton Manning yeah, and even Tom Brady. I mean, just like the amount of, so I don't know. I, I was just telling on. this story to one of my friends and I was like, how important film study is because the story of Ed Reed and Peyton Manning, two of the, like you have to pry them out of the film room and uh, Ed Reed, it was like week seven. I don't know if you ever saw this. So they were in a round table with like Bill Belichick, Chris Collinsworth um, and Peyton Manning, Bill Belichick said this was the smartest football player he'd ever seen. And through seven weeks of the season, 
when uh, the Ravens were running this specific defensive coverage, Ed Reed would start his drop back and then he would rotate his right shoulder and book it to the left sideline. So he would rotate right to left and run over there. So Peyton Manning said he saw this in film leading up to their game. So Peyton Manning said he's going to pump fake to the right. So it opens up the receiver on the left. Yeah, and he can't flip his hips. And he can't flip his hips. But Ed Reed was playing chess five times more because Ed Reed was like, Peyton Manning's going to know that I have done this all year because I put this on my own film. So Ed Reed said going into the game when this was the play, because he recognized it because of his film study, Ed Reed took two steps back, rotated to the left sideline. And right when Peyton pumps, pump faked, which he did, Ed Reed blindly went from right or from left to right, flip sidelines and went, instead of going to the opposite sideline, went to the, to the close sideline and Peyton Manning pump fakes, fires it and Ed Reed intercepted him. And that was the first time that he had done that all season. And Peyton Manning was like, what? Like he's never done that. But Ed Reed said it was the film study that got him there. And it's little plays like that, that make you that much greater. And the fact that both of them knew due to film study, like Peyton Manning knew Ed Reed was going to drop to the right. So he's going to try to force it left. And Ed Reed knew that Peyton Manning would know that he would do that. So he's going to do something different. Like he's just crazy. And it's like next level sorcery Jedi shit. It is. I mean, definitely sorcery Jedi. And like you imagine there's that much, um, whatever mind master material that goes into one player for one certain, you know, whatever, three, four play sequence that that could happen. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, you're not going to know that for every defensive player, for every scheme, for every, you know, coverage look they line up. And it's just, I don't know. It's crazy to me. And I don't know, maybe, you know, he is, whatever he's a anomaly and maybe he can do it. Or maybe people have just told him he's special since he was a little kid. But I just think that, I don't know. I don't want to be bitter about it because I honestly do wish him the best because this could be yeah. different. This could set a precedent because I do feel like sometimes in American culture that like, and I, you know what I mean? I think we work hard and I think that you should work hard in life. But I, I do feel like sometimes like in American culture, like the idea of working yourself past the point of insanity and then performing. Yeah is like what is expected for greatness and like maybe right now maybe kyler is at his best when he has a little bit more mental clarity and he hasn't you know looked at all of that stuff that being said i mean brett Favre did it for a while but like <laughs> i mean brett, Favre, brett yeah. Favre threw some picks that prevented him from going to super bowls and stuff and some multiple very, times multiple very sad times. nfc championship games yeah. but i mean i i don't know i i just i don't want to sit here and totally rag on someone because it's been done before it's maybe just, maybe the fact i guess yeah. And that it's only four hours mandated. Like maybe that's a good sweet spot for him where he's like, cause that was negotiated. Obviously maybe yeah. the Cardinals were like, we need you to do 10 and Kyler's like, I'll give you two. <laughs> like, all right, well let's meet it for, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, you like, would hope that the guy would say, I'll give you as many as it takes to win, but you and know. he's like, no four. <laughs> it's just, four. it's just interesting now too, because it's really like a player's league. And I've heard this like parroted a little bit on television and stuff. And it's just, it really is interesting how like, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's been in the playoffs once in three yeah. years, once never, in three years. And, that, game. and it's yeah. just like, you know, even when you're in a, I could have very easily seen the Buffalo Bills being in a situation like this had Tyrod Taylor really like thrown a fit and asked for money like that. I mean, you know, it's well, just they gave him when, a deal. Remember they paid him 120 million and they only paid him on it for one season, but they did end up paying him, which was always something that we wanted to see. I thought. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, it's just hard when you're in a situation like that 
where you're a franchise that needs this player because you're going to be absolutely terrible without them. And like and the in same, their history, they've only had Kurt Warner for like two years and that's it. Yeah. I mean, they did have Carson Palmer take him to an NFC championship sure. game, which irks me when I see that letter written by Mr. Drew Rosenthal or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. But Eric Bernhardt, I, I don't know. So, I, I mean, I think that I, I'm not here to judge someone. I, I think that, you know, if, if that's what it takes for Kyler to be successful, that's what it takes. Yeah. You know? True. Well, I just wanted your opinion on that. I thought you would have a good one and you yeah, did. Sorry, but, I got um, rambling there, man. No, John's but just going to, we're going to do this trivia really yeah. quick because he is still <laughs> editing our episode while he's in Alaska six hours difference. So Pat, quick trivia for you about training camp. I think you should rattle it off. And if you can't do it in a minute, I'll give you the answers. All right. Buffalo all right. Bills training camp. Since 1960, the Buffalo Bills have had training camp in five different locations throughout Western New York. Could you name where they have been previously? So when I was in Fredonia beforehand. Yep, that uh, from 1981 Fredonia. to 1999. So a good stretch of time in Fredonia. So Fredonia, St. John Fisher. Yep. Um, from 2000 to 2019, it's been in St. John Fisher. And then again, starting at 2022. So what about Ralph Wilson Stadium or whatever, the yep. field house? Ad Pro Sports Training Center from 2020 to 2021. So what was before Fredonia? Do you remember? Buff State? Nope. It's not at the stadium itself? It's not at War Memorial Correct. Stadium? Correct. It's like a university? It is. Is it, is it at UB? Nope. It's not a SUNY Brockport because I went to SUNY no. Brockport. I would know that. No. So is it like, is it like Fredonia area? No, it's it's a bigger, it's a D1 school. It was in Syracuse? No. Nope. Was it St. Bonaventure? No. Nope. D1 school. Is it Canisius? No. Nope. Is it Niagara? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Niagara University. All right, yeah, right. Niagara University from 68 to 80. And then these other two are really funny because I don't think you'd get them. I don't think anybody in here unless you're really diehard listen. So I'll give them to you. But that was, so right now you guessed Ad Pro Sports Training Center, St. John Fisher, Fredonia, Niagara. So from 1963 to 1967 in Blaisdell, New York, at Sheridan, Camelot, Motor Inn, training camp was held. That sounds like it's right by the racetrack. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been. And then this is also interesting. From 1960 to 1962 in East Aurora, New York at Roy Croft Inn and Knox Estates. Interesting. Yes. So like, let's just practice at a hotel, boys. Yeah. <laughs> let's get it together. The That's AFL crazy. championship teams, right? So, but that was well, a good list. Sorry to go through that so fast with you, but we got to keep this. We got about 12, 15 minutes over the time that John asked us to record yeah. in. Yes. So, so, but anyways, again, uh, thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Buffalo Rumblings. Tell us what you tell us about your experience, who you met, what players you've met. Have you gotten a garbage play yet? Because I will be getting one on Wednesday. Let us know at yeah. not another Buffalo podcast. You want, to take, you, you want to take you to the house? Yeah, I'll Tahoe's. go to the house with you. I'll wear my T-shirt. Right. I'll go yeah. to the house. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, sweet. Well, uh, again, thank you all for listening. Bearing with us with our uh, John-less episode and uh, go Bills. Go Bills, go Bills.
Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts.